0: Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a bi-weekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser.
1: And my name is Dustin Williams.
0: And we are both full time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And today is part two of one of our most popular episodes. We're doing Wildish Show Stories. Woohoo! <laughs> part two.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, son.
0: I think people really, really enjoyed this one. So I wanted to get back into it. This was one yeah. of the first episodes we did. It was in our first five, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think it was I'm like number mistaken. three.
0: Yeah. So it's been a minute. Now we're on episode 26, kicking butt. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So I'm excited about it. How have you been, Dustin? Been well? I've
1: I've been good. Yeah. Yeah. Just (laughs) been, uh, busy as usual, as you know. Um, same for you, I assume.
0: Yeah. Today's another remote episode, but hopefully we'll get together in person pretty soon here. Yes. Um, now that the, uh, The craziness of um, life. Maybe we'll settle down.
1: (laughs) Maybe is a big... Maybe is the operative word here. Operative word there, exactly, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, anyway, so let's jump right into it. I think this is going to be really fun. For sure. So I will start. I'm going to try to start somewhat tame. I have my list here. Let me see. Um, Okay, so this is kind of just like... This is not really wild, but this was one of the most embarrassing moments that I've had at a show. Um, so, uh, my cover band that uh, I was in, mm-hmm. we had just done a big, like, New Year's Eve show, and I played saxophone for it. And somehow, in the hustle and bustle of the show, my saxophone, I had one of those Hercules stands for the saxophone, which is the same as for guitar, it like clamps yeah. it in, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, it did not clamp it. And so my saxophone just like fell on the floor in the oh. first, like, yeah, like in the first just few Shit. songs. And I thought it was fine. And so I just like that night, I put it back in the case and uh-huh. didn't pull it out again until I had this show with a live band, uh, karaoke. So basically like karaoke singers, but real instruments. Uh-huh. And we were doing, um, Careless Whisper.
1: Oh no. Bang!
0: right and, yeah, yeah um yeah i went to play that and that is not what came out
1: <laughs> what did it, it sound was like so
0: bad just like, <laughs> like just, it was so bad i was mortified because no like way. what had happened is like some key had gotten bit and so like it was prohibiting like all of the keys below it from opening
1: oh so, my god so
0: i just hit the same note and it wasn't even in key like that's that's in the key of e i think that song and this no was like thought, yeah. this was like a c natural it was like rrr, rrr, just,
1: it was like in the key of e major yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's it was, rough
0: it was so bad oh my gosh so that was just like mortifying and i tried to like you know, not talk to anybody because I was, like, upset with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? Oh, it was so bad. I did was... you... Oh, God.
1: Yeah. God damn, dude. Did you, um, <laughs> like, did you talk to the band and be like, look, guys, I don't know what the fuck happened, but my... Well, sax everybody is...
0: was looking at me like, oh, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? And, like, I... You know they were looking at me like is she okay like what's up and yeah i just like pointed to the saxophone and was just like i don't know what to do like i'm pressing buttons and the sound is not changing oh my god so yeah it just sucked it was mortifying
1: were you Thankful- <laughs> sorry go ahead
0: no i was gonna say thankfully <laughs> there was actually a lot of people there which made it worse oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was like there was probably like two hundred people in there. Oh my
1: god, dude! I know
0: it was so mortifying.
1: Uh, oh.
0: Yeah, and then I remember when I got off stage, a friend of mine. He's he's not really a musician, but he's like a music fan that lives mm-hmm. in that area. I've known him for years, and he um, he was like, "Wow, that that was something," <laughs> and he knew th- he knew that was just a dig enough.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It That's so not rough. It was That's mortifying.
0: So I was absolutely mortified. So Um
1: did uh like I mean I assume after the show or after the well actually my first question sure. uh that I was gonna ask is um were you playing anything but sax that night?
0: <laughs> I was, yeah, okay. thankfully.
1: <laughs> Oh, so you can yeah. redeem yourself. Yeah. yeah,
0: it was guitar. I was like the, the lead guitar player. And then um, I did sax on, you know, like uh, it was like Careless Whisper, Brass Monkey. You know, just songs that people want to sing karaoke to.
1: Sure, yeah. You
0: know, so it was like the cheesy stuff, but... It's just
1: so funny, though, that it would happen on that song of all songs, like...
0: Yeah, the song that everybody everyone knows, knows. Extremely yeah. well. Extremely everybody well. Everybody knows it extremely well.
1: <laughs> oh, that's too good. That is too good. Yeah, it was oh, mortifying. <laughs> I still,
0: like, I still am embarrassed about it. I'm like, I hope nobody has a video of that Ugh. or... But yeah, so like right after that gig, I called um, my old saxophone teacher, R.I.P. Mr. Pacchetti, and I told him about it and s- took it to him, and he had it fixed in like five minutes. So, oh
1: wow! Okay.
0: <laughs> so it wasn't like a huge deal, but it it was definitely had big repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> it was a small repair, but a really oh, bad man. sound. Yeah, one of the worst things that I think I've ever created in front of a live audience. So, yay!
1: Oh man, I yeah, know. that's was, that's rough. It was that so is bad, rough.
0: Dustin. <laughs> I'm still like mortified.
1: Oh, uh, but hey, you know, you pushed, you pushed through, and <laughs> here we are.
0: I did. Now, if you don't tell a story about a time that you sucked, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um,
0: Dustin has never made a mistake In his no, entire definitely,
1: life Definitely not true Definitely made some mistakes Um, I mean Yeah I have to I gotta look at my, my list here of some stories That I thought of earlier I'm not sure if any of them are uh, Specifically about any like Bomb situations like that on stage But um, I mean I know I've definitely like Made mistakes but I think the thing is like At least I don't know It's, it's kind of a catch 22 with bass, right? Because like, if you hit a wrong note on the bass, it's either super noticeable and it's like, oh, something is off, or it's like, just happens to work as like a really cool substitution and so everyone's like oh yeah that's dope even when it's like not intended yeah because you know the bass being so low like it just pulls your ear it's like oh okay well that's where the root is so the guitar player must be playing the wrong part not the bass player right um you know but in addition to that like i mean i've you know i take solos sometimes but like it's different, I think, for a sax or even a guitar solo when something really bombs like that, because like you were so used to sax solos and melodies and guitar solos and melodies being so clean and and badass that when they don't go that way, it's just like, oh, what is that? When, it,
0: when it's a minor third over a major key and it's just going. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But like. For like a bass player, it's like, "Oh, well, bass players are not supposed to solo anyway, so like you know poor guy gave it a try right <laughs> like you know, <laughs> so I don't know, I mean, and that isn't to say that I haven't like you know made mistakes like hit hit half step away from like the root of like a pop song or something, or like you know had like bad timing on something I mean, that's definitely happened. Right. Um. I've been in situations where the whole band just kind of fell apart, and that was embarrassing. Um. But yeah, like, that's the worst. Yeah. Right. Because like, there's no recovering from that other than just like, well, we just gotta hit the next song, fellas. Like, yeah. You know. Um. But no, I, I think in that way, I've I've been very lucky. But it's also like, you know, I, I think. Like I said, sax and guitar, like solos, anything that's so lead, like vocals too, it's like when those fuck up, it's like you get no, um, uh, grading curve, if that makes sense. Like no one goes easy on you. They're just like, oh yeah, that person sucks. Yeah, that's true. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's super true. Definitely. So, (laughs) um, That said, I did think of one uh, incident that was kind of like a something gone wrong on stage, Um, and so uh, it's senior year of high school. Um, my school would do um, senior picnics and I, I know a lot of schools do that, but I just, you know, I only went to this one. So that's my only <laughs> reference. Um, so we did senior, uh, senior picnic, which just happens at the school. But basically, like you get like a long portion of the day where you're just like outside eating, hanging out, like doing whatever. Right. Um, and for the senior picnics, um, they would have one of the um, or they would have like they would allow. Let me rephrase that um, musicians. Uh, to just like put together a little show and like play. Oh, that's Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was under this little pavilion thing that we had, and um, so me and a couple other guys, um, we just had this like jam project that we would uh, have sometimes. It was not like a a serious band like um the one I was in Meadowwood. That was actually like a dedicated band where we were doing shows and like writing music. This was like a hey, when we can get together and jam, we're gonna do that. So we're just improvising, playing random covers, whatever. Um, so at the time, I had um, this Ampeg one uh, fifth, or sorry, fifteen ten, which was a fifteen-inch speaker and a ten-inch speaker in an enclosure. It's kind of like an old school, like I want to say seventies or eighties cab. Okay. Um, and I stacked it with uh, this Behringer Ultra Bass Four Ten, and uh, <laughs> those were shitty cabs. Those, I mean, that whole series. Is trash, and I've seen, I've still see people to this day sometimes playing those heads, and they sound, they, I mean, they sound. (laughs) I'll just leave it like that. They sound. Uh, You get, you get sound from them. Um, (laughs) So I was playing this, but you know, I was a high school student. I didn't have any money, so it's like you know, whatever, whatever I could kind of convince my uh, my mom to help me get and. Maybe a little bit of because I did work on the weekends, so a little bit of that money. Anyway, point being, um, we were doing this jam thing, and uh, I was running. I can't remember if it was the Ultra Base head at the time, or if at this point I I think I might have had my um, Ampeg SVT uh, 3. So it was a lot of power, um, and I didn't know anything about. Ohms and resistance and like pairing the proper head with the proper cabs. So I was just hooking shit up to this head like willy nilly. Um, So I probably was ended up like these were probably like eight ohm cabs now, you know, looking back on it and it was probably pushing like two ohms into them. Uh, from the head. So right. just like, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, don't do that. Um <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I'm not an engineer, so I won't go into the explanation of to why. Um but uh anyway, the we were you know in the middle of something and uh all of a sudden my bass just started sounding really bad and like crunchy and like Um and it it like lost some power and I look behind me and this this cones on this Behringer are just like flapping in the wind just like loose paper like aluminum cones just you know just awful, (laughs) um yeah so you know I I blew up the speakers on the Behringer and um what's really funny. Uh, I think it was the banjo, maybe it was the ampeg. But what's really funny is is I wanna say like maybe a year, it must have been the banjo, a year before this, um, one of the speakers had kind of started to come apart a little bit. And me and my teenage brilliance uh decided to just use some liquid nails to glue it back together. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> So, like, one of the speakers was already fucked anyway, and now all four of them were just, like, blasted. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. It was so funny. You know what's really hilarious, too, is I eventually took this cab back to the same store that I bought it from and somehow convinced them to rebuy it from me. What? (laughs) And they did <laughs> like they bought it. I mean, probably for like a couple hundred bucks. Like I got very little for it because they I I mean, obviously, they didn't really want it that bad. But I think maybe they also just wanted to get this dumbass teenager out of their shop. So, I mean, you know, a
0: couple hundred bucks. though That's pretty good. for. Yeah.
1: A- they probably just like wrote it off on as a loss or something. <laughs>
0: that's amazing.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It was I mean, it's so funny because looking back, you know, now where I'm at and how like picky. I can be about the amps and tone and all this other shit. Like at the time I, I didn't like, I wanted it to sound good, but I also didn't know how to make it sound good. And I didn't care enough to really try.
0: You were playing a a fart machine.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I
0: mean, kind of going off of that, do you remember, um, when we played that show in Philadelphia in 2022 and so this is my fault. Yep. I'll practice this. <laughs> so I was booking shows and I was using this website, which um, since a lot of our listeners are musicians, I definitely recommend that you check it out. But this, I have a disclaimer as well. So the, <laughs> the website is called Indie on the Move. And it's like 10 bucks a month. And it basically gives you like by city venues in that city and like names and sometimes emails and phone numbers it just depends on what mm-hmm. people upload. But anyway, so I used that service for this uh little run that we were doing. And um these people had definitely uploaded an incorrect picture. <laughs> of what the space was oh yeah they did um because I saw it and it looked like it was in like a basement area but it looked super cool like it had a like a pro PA system like all these microphones it had like a Mm -hmm. nice drum set so I was like okay like this is the venue that we need to play there because it was smaller as well so anyway I booked it and so we get there and it's like in a coffee shop kind of it's like if a coffee shop was split into two there's like the coffee side and then there's like the stage side Mm -hmm. but the stage oh my gosh it was probably (laughs) it was probably the worst quote-unquote venue I've ever been to uh yeah Yeah, I I can say pretty pretty solid on that actually yeah so the drum set was held up by a cinder block
1: Yeah, like the kick drum or something, right? Yeah, it was literally
0: like that's how they made it not scoot. Yeah, um, it really wasn't a drum set at all. Like I don't even think it had the right hardware, and they just kind of like pieced it together. But anyway, there was a bass cabinet there, bass head.
1: Well, there's both technically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looked interesting.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah. So this thing, it was it was originally you know, like in some kind of head like box i don't i don't even remember what kind of amp it was might have been a pv or something but something had happened to it along the way uh where they basically like (laughs) took all the electronic components and removed them from the original uh chassis and then put them uh in like basically like a couple of pieces of plywood like a top and a bottom and a back with some just like an open space uh and then I want to say there was like a piece of plexiglass or something and it was very poorly done like barely holding together and that was their backline like that in the drum set which you know like you said was was just I mean, it was, it was a Frankenstein kit for sure, like just a m- myriad of different brands and all of which were like the cheapest things they had to offer. Uh, the stage itself, like, I mean, it was like, it was a stage. Um, it wasn't like...
0: It was an completely- elevated <laughs> platform.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, thankfully, that wasn't falling apart. But yeah, everything else, I mean, the PA was garbage. I
0: I wouldn't call it a PA. So the sound man got there and he was like totally coked out. Like just, yeah,
1: he was on something.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like he didn't know he, I don't think he actually was a sound man. I think
1: he was just somebody who worked, I think for the coffee shop and then like offered to run sound.
0: Right. And this was the kind of place too. like, I remember, I don't think they employed homeless people, but they would like let homeless people like kind of help out with the shop. Yeah. You know, they they hired one
1: as a janitor, I think. Yeah. Which is a
0: really bad idea when you're like having like expensive equipment and stuff around. Cause it just made yeah. everybody like nervous. And cause this dude was like super homeless. Like,
1: yeah. And, and you know, it's like, it's a tough thing, right? Because it's not like to be clear, it's not like, you know, he's a bad guy because he's homeless, no. but like, you know, he was definitely like he was on hard times for sure, and um, and he was nice, but like you know, I, I, the whole there's a reason why you have to go through like background checks and stuff when you get hired for places, and like why there's right. like steps, you know. Yeah, so, he was just
0: a sketchy guy. I mean, I'm not like anti homeless. I'm right, just saying, like yeah. you know, you you know. I think people understand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If it's a
1: venue where there's going to be expensive equipment and, like, you know, people, like, yeah. Yeah. You
0: don't want, like, a random (laughs) homeless guy as your roadie. Like, that's just not, you know, or, yeah. You just don't want him, like, hanging out. It's not
1: safe for you or them. Right. Um, So, needless to say, (laughs) this venue was rough. Yeah. Rough, uh, rough, rough.
0: I, I uh I regret that one.
1: We were all very ready to leave. Yeah that place. It was hey, but that's fun th-
0: though. I mean it was. we went and got a Philly cheesesteak and got screamed at by another homeless guy.
1: Oh, I forgot about time. that. Yeah. Yeah. Dill- I, well I remember getting the Phillies, but I forgot getting screamed at. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well Dylan uh, offered the guy his sandwich because the guy yeah. was asking for money to buy food and so Dylan mm-hmm. offered him food and he got like super pissed off about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, I Fuck mean, me, obviously, right? he didn't <laughs> want food, but. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, my gosh. Do you remember, too? Oh, this whole trip is like a trip. The whole trip was a trip. Like, mm-hmm. coming back, the um, <laughs> the van, R.I.P., um, <laughs> the AC fan. Oh, so, the God. AC technically did not go out, <clears throat> but the fan, like, imploded inside of the little fans area, and so literally we're driving, and it's like bam, 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 like just incessantly. Yeah, and it's
1: this, yeah, this awful like groaning.
0: It was so loud, you guys. Like it sounded like the whole front of the fucking car was gonna fall off.
1: It really did. It really did. And and where where did we finish? What was the last city we were in when we did that private party? Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. So we drove from New York back to Georgia the whole time. <sighs> <Like so loud. laughs> you can't have a conversation hardly. You can't listen to music. I know. Like, and
0: it was July, so it was hot as balls.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh, yeah. How
1: we how we like did not absolutely lose our minds on just that drive alone. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody
0: was so sweet, though. Everybody was in a good mood. That's no, every- the difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were laughing about the situation, <laughs> but we were also a little bit like, this sucks. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was awful. It was just like so obnoxious. <laughs> Wait, but didn't you like one time you told me, like, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Warped Tour or something else. Didn't you have like a van? You've had plenty of van issues yourself, right? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, if uh, so the one I think you might be referring to is um so there's actually a lot of uh warp tour stories in general that I could tell um because that that period of of time where I did the the 2012 warp tour uh it was like two months and some change that we were on the road, like barely quite two months, not quite two months. Really felt like it for sure. Um anyway. Um we had so many things happen on that tour because we're driving from state to state every night, like minimum six to eight hours of a drive, you know? And so um most of the time i mean there were some short ones but the point is like there's a lot of room for error <laughs> so uh i could go on for days um about it but the one that you're talking about is right before we left <laughs> we had bought this um i want to say it was an 88 or an 87 uh ford van um <laughs> i don't know if it would be an econoline or something like that Probably, i mean anyway yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a pretty big one. It was probably 15 passengers with, with all the seats in, but we took some out wow. for our gear. Um, But there were seven of us traveling because we had the five band members and then we had our manager and we had like a merch guy come along to help us with that and whatever else we needed. Nice. Um but uh we got the van maybe a couple months before we went on the tour and we took it to the shop and had it kind of fixed up and worked on. Um I even uh brought it up to my um mom's place uh to have one of my neighbors um uh, my mom was telling him that we were going on tour and and he offered uh, to help us install some curtains in there so we could like close them for some privacy and stuff. Like when we're, because we knew we'd have to sleep in the van sometimes. Right. And we also wanted to protect our gear. So we're like, okay, like, yeah, that that's, we should do that. Um, so he helped me install them and then uh, I took it back down, left it with our um, guitar player. And um, he took it to fuel it up one time. And. This is the first time that he had been driving it, um, and instead of putting gasoline in the van, he put diesel in the van. Um, and and again, with the caveat here, I will point out that like, a, we were all very young, like in our like below twenty five. Nobody was older than twenty five. I think the oldest person was twenty three. Um, so none of us really had any idea what we were doing. Um, but in particular like this the the gas cap there's actually two gas tanks on this van which is really interesting um but the gas cap on the van um was a diesel cap because it had been replaced because the original one had fallen off so i'll give him that you know that like hey this is the first time he was taking care of the van like it says diesel on it uh, we're all young. He just probably doesn't know much about cars. So, you know, he made the mistake and yeah, it was like at the time we were definitely all like, what the fuck dude. But like, I can look back on it and be, and give him a little bit more like, you know, Hey, so were it you, happens. Were you <laughs>
0: able to siphon it out or did you have to take it somewhere or was We it- had to take it
1: somewhere. Yeah. We had to have them flush it and, like, um, oh, fix man. it and clean the tank, which, you know, is a very expensive it was, yeah. <laughs> job to do. Very expensive job to have done. So how, um, did, how did
0: your mom react in all of this? Was she just, like, laughing and shaking her head in the background? Or was she, like, an active warrior as well?
1: Well, she's always been an active warrior, but um, she...
0: Did she murder sure the kid? Did she? No, 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 no.
1: I mean, like, <laughs> she... I'm sure she knew about this incident because I'm sure I told her, but they're like, you know, I mean, I think she was just kind of like supportive and just like, you know, um, I hope these guys t- make it through this tour, you know, <laughs> like it's, they're, they're young and they're figuring it out. I don't know. I mean, I can't recall us ever having a specific conversation about that or, uh, <laughs> um, awesome. or anything, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've told her that happened on the tour since then that probably would have like given her a heart attack if she knew while I was on the tour. Um, which I'll I'll get to one of those in a little bit. Um,
0: cocaine but and anyway,
1: hookers. Uh, what's that? You said
0: cocaine and hookers. Oh,
1: tons. You know, you know me. Um, <laughs> the old warp to, tour. To, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, to land the plane on the on the van uh, thing, um, we did end up. I think that the the diesel in the gas tank situation did end up partially leading to the van ultimately breaking down on the tour, which I'll save uh, for in in a minute because I want I want you to go, Melody, with a story now. But um, we'll get to that one in a second okay. for sure because that was a whole other thing.
0: Well, I don't have any more about like vans, but I do have. I could lump three of these stories into the category of. People not wanting to pay at the end of the night. Mm. So that's
1: a fun one. Yeah, yeah
0: this has happened. <laughs> this is like three of them that I thought about. One of them mm. was like an ongoing thing. that's mm-hmm. crazy. So I'll start with this one. Mm-hmm. So there was this place, I'm going to leave it nameless because I think people, I think there was a lot of people involved in this that, um, haven't Come forward yet? So I don't know. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> that like I want to start spewing out names. I don't want to be that person. Oh shit! But um, so there was this venue in Georgia. It was not in Atlanta. It was not ITP. But um, I played it a lot, and every time, it this venue started to get a reputation of um bounce checks.
1: Oh, right. nice. Um, okay.
0: So they refused to pay in cash, but then all of the checks would end up bouncing. So, <laughs> but I, here's the crazy thing. This venue was also getting pretty big acts to come and play at it. Like, like na- how big? Um, like Nashville, like people that were on American Idol. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like I would say um, national acts, but small national acts.
1: This is um, like a club, like yeah. five hundred to a thousand cap yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like like maybe the loft. Yeah, in, in yeah, Atlanta, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, but it kind of had this more like country vibe, which was funny because we played there. It it honestly was one of those places that just tried to make a lot of money for the bar. So they would have mm, country acts yeah. from Nashville. They would have uh, tribute bands. They would have. You know, but it was like a nice place. But anyway, so they were getting all of these like pretty big acts to come in and play, um, you know, and they would do big shows outside with like this mega stage. They were also I don't think this is wrong to say they were really in with like the Zac Brown band and like Mm -hmm. that whole family. But I don't think that Zac Brown had anything to do with the actual business. I think that it was just like.
1: You know. Friends, like yeah. hey, we know these guys. They were okay. in
0: the same area generally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like it just kinda worked out that way. So anyway, they had a lot of money going through this place. Like I mm-hmm. th- they were paying acts, you know, thousands of dollars. On a Friday night, I remember asking the bartenders because I played there so much. I got to be like really good friends with everybody and um, you know, like this was the kind of place like on a Friday night they would make like twenty thousand dollars at the bar.
1: Whoa. Like
0: a lot of money, right? Yeah. But, like, I would play their solo on a Thursday night and my $200 check would bounce. What? Yeah. So I started to notice stuff, though, because I was getting tired of all the fucking fees that come yeah. with, you know, getting checks bounced. They, it's like fees, fees, fees every time. Yeah. So um, I started to put together, though, that all of these checks were from a different business. So, like, every check that I got was from a different thing. So, it would be, like, a car wash or, like, a catering company or, like, you know, just, like, weird random stuff. And they were, like, usually different banks, too. And so, the the banks were starting to catch on to all these people are coming to cash checks and you never have any money in your account. Anyway, I'm going to fast forward here. So, then, like... So the pandemic happens and I pretty much stopped playing there because I was tired of dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but then they like got caught in this big fraudulent money laundering. Like I th- as far as I know, the dude's still in jail or prison. I don't know.
1: Wow. But like the, the owner of the venue.
0: Yeah. But like okay. I was like heavily involved in this venue. Like, I played there all the time. Oh, and so what? it was, like, a crazy, like, yeah, it was insane. Because, um, I mean, it went from, like, being the place around for music to, like, nobody wanted to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Because it was just... I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So that was one instance of getting involved in something where people didn't pay
1: Before you jump into that uh, next one, because I want to hear them. I'm just curious, like for for you, um, uh, looking back on it now, like what would you say? What is what's what kept you around? Like what kept you playing at that venue despite the consistently bouncing checks? And like
0: I think it was uh, just that a lot of people went there. You know, and they enjoyed it. It was like a fun place to be because everybody mm-hmm. was there. You know, it was like very happening, and it was always packed out, even on like a Thursday night. Okay. So it was just you know like a it was the place. You know what I mean? <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of like um, there's always a chance that maybe somebody who's there like might have a venue that they could book you at that would be more on the up and up and also like you know or maybe you get booked for a private party or this or that so yeah i can right. see like why you might want to like you know tough it out but now having been on the <laughs> other side of it uh and especially you know now that you know in in these uh episodes sometimes you know we're giving advice based off of our experiences like what would you tell yourself like 3 years ago or 4 years ago whenever you started playing would you say like yeah keep doing it i mean and i'm not saying like
0: No, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, like you, it's okay to have regrets. It's okay to not have regrets. It doesn't matter either way. But more so, like, how would you look at it now?
0: Yeah, so I would have, I would be a lot more cautious now. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of going in like now, I see the signs a little bit Mm -hmm. more. um, Yeah. Because honestly, like, part of it was the owner manager guy was like super. trying to think of the best way to describe him he was almost kind of like mafia in a way like super like smooth not smooth because he wasn't smooth he was kind of greasy he was kind of a dick yeah (laughs) greasy but like a smooth talker i guess
1: he's charismatic
0: he yeah he could kind of like justify all of his stuff in some way he would be like oh well that's the account we use for the you know, the food trucks and the, you know, I'm sorry. Like they took out their blah, blah, blah. Like he would always come up with something, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yep. There's, so, okay. Yeah. There's
1: this guy um who I, I won't name um because he's still like actively relevant and on the scene. And I know people still that that work with him, despite the fact that everybody who I've ever talked to who who knows this man um, and, and this guy, he's a booking agent kind of guy, yeah. right? He's also a musician. He performs, I know uh, but he's, is. yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, but for the listeners who don't know, again, I won't say any names for those of you who do know, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but he like every, literally every single person I've ever met who's worked with him, who continues to work with him says the same thing and that he's, First of all, kind of an asshole that he's, um, w- like, super full of himself, and that he's a terrible businessman, and he takes advantage of people, and he pays shit, and um, he's happy to screw people over anytime. Uh, and there's, I don't know what it is. It's he's like he's like a gatekeeper, really. What it is is like somehow he's managed to put his foot into the doors of all these different businesses. And it's really fucked up. Like, honestly, it's super fucked up because, like, I know so many other people that could e- easily do what he's doing and actually, like, probably make more money and be more successful and also help all of the people around them. But somehow there's something about this dude that keeps him around. And and I've wondered myself at this point, like, oh, is it like I wonder if he's like gang affiliated or like a mafia dude or something like he's got some kind of connection yeah. that keeps him around.
0: No, I. I. I have worked with the individual that you were speaking of.
1: Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. We've somehow never talked about that, but But I didn't know.
0: I went in knowing that he was that way because everybody had warned me. Mm -hmm. And so I super stood my ground when I was talking to him. Uh And like, I didn't like give, I basically didn't give him any room. No quarter. No. Like, because he kept trying to talk me down in price Mm-hmm. and like I, and I'll tell you what it is. So like now, like for acoustic shows, unless it's like opening for, I don't know, amphitheater or something, my like minimum that I'll do is like 200 bucks, which is v- very low. That's honestly. super reasonable. Yeah. My so,
1: minimum would be 300. Right.
0: So, for sure. yeah. So like, that's my minimum now. And, um, so, uh, that guy that you're talking about, he really, he was like, well, nobody that plays here gets that. And I was like, okay, well then, you know, I totally understand that, but like, I'm not going to play there. And eventually he just gave in and (gasps) really, yeah. And he didn't get a cut of it and he was pretty pissed. He's never called me back, but I, (laughs) you know, you just have to like, yeah. And, and, you know, thankfully people had warned me about him. So I kind of already knew But yeah, I mean, the mafia mentality in the music industry is definitely still a thing. It's always Mm -hmm. been a thing, but like, it's definitely because you're right. I don't know really how that guy has worked his way in, but he's in somehow.
1: He is so in. And I will say, I think it's usually the younger musicians that he tends to really like find a a hold on.
0: Oh, for Um, sure.
1: Because they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's an asshole. But like, oh, you know, i get gigs. Sometimes I just need a gig. And I'm like. Sometimes you don't though. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes you just need to like, you know, hit the streets on your own and make your own connections and meet people and like you'll be far better off for it. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but well, you, you can bypass this guy. Yeah. I, I've played my entire uh you Career know, how many sixteen years in Atlanta so far and never having to interact with this man personally.
0: Yeah, he's not he's not my thing really, but um
1: And I will say, too, like he tends to usually work more with like solo and duo acts like he doesn't work as much with bands. That's not to say that he doesn't ever, but he definitely doesn't get as much into the full band scene. Well,
0: I think that's because he has a band and he leaves all of those slots for himself.
1: Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Is he good? Um, mm, Because I never heard him play.
0: Not really. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean you know he's good
0: but like he's not gonna like stop you special. in your tracks or anything yeah. you know and like his band is like a party band
1: uh, you yeah. know
0: they play like Amy Winehouse and stuff and wedding gigs and shit yeah. well, which I, is nothing well, wrong with I don't that, know obviously. I don't know that they would do weddings but you know yeah it, they're it, not it's, quite good enough to do it's those it's <laughs> super sad um, it is. because I, I, I know a lot of friends um, that you know they don't realize that that venue is still paying them two hundred dollars. They're just making one twenty five, and he's sitting there making seventy five dollars for doing nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the sad part. It is.
0: Um. But yeah, I mean, be afraid, be very afraid. Reach out, <laughs> reach out if you need to book in this area, so we can steer you clear of that. Situation. Yeah, seriously.
1: Um, yeah, don't touch that guy. So
0: then another crazy, and I'll I'm gonna call this venue out because it's closed. It was okay. one of those fucking Wild Wing Cafes in McDonough, oh. Georgia. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Everybody knows where that is if you've been to McDonough. It's okay. like one of the big things there. Um, so I played a three-hour show there, had a bunch of people come, and I remember that I had a bunch of people come because the people sat with me and stayed. At the end of the night, the bar refused to pay me. They just said, like, sorry, like, we don't have the money to pay you. But I had just finished the show. What the and fuck? And I knew just from the people that I had brought that they had enough cash in the cash register to pay me. So I just, like, was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay here until I get paid. And they were like, no, we're closing. Like, we'll call the police. And I was like, call them. Like, I what are just, you going to tell them? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I sat there. And I stayed for, man, it was like an hour and a half. They were closed. And like they were calling the owner and the owner was screaming at them. And then I called the owner and was like, I'm honestly like not leaving until I get paid. And then they went and got it miraculously out of the safe.
1: Oh, imagine that.
0: And then I got to go home.
1: <laughs>
0: so that what? was kind of crazy too.
1: How much did they owe you, you said?
0: It was only like, I think it was like two hundred fifty
1: what but, they, oh give me a break yeah and they were trying to shortchange you on that
0: yeah and like the they were like you know we can't pay you out of the cash register because that's how we pay our waitresses tips and like and i was like well i don't want to take money from them but like also you should have thought about this before you you know before Hired i me. set up like yeah. even if like you knew when i came in tonight that you wouldn't have enough money if you actually didn't you know right. so like what are we doing here anyway that was terrible
1: i can't believe they also threatened to call the cops like wh- so so that i can tell them that you guys are fucking thieves right and it <laughs> that was you stole my labor
0: yeah it was because i wouldn't leave yeah they were freaking out they were like we're going to call cops i'm like call them. i was like what i i tend to and this i don't know that you've seen this side of me but like once I get on a roll, I tend to kind of like ramp myself up. Like I'm my own hype man.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm well si- I've seen I've seen the stage version of that for like performance. Yeah. But,
0: but I'm sitting there like call him like with you know, I'm just like shit talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Just like spewing insults and like just sitting there, you know, acting like I'm super tough.
1: That's so funny. So yeah. Oh my god.
0: Um And then really quick, the last one, I'll wrap it up. I went to get paid at a different place, and the owners were a couple. It was a man and a woman, and they asked that in lieu of payment, would I be interested in having sex with them? They were swingers. What? (laughs) I swear. Yeah, it was like the wildest thing ever. I was just like, um no thanks like i'll just take my 200 dollars and go what yeah that's never happened to you has it i think that's a that's must be a female special thing yeah
1: probably probably something that doesn't happen to to dudes as much for sure but
0: yeah that was the craziest i was just like my jaw i'm sure just hit the floor i was like (laughs) what did they just say to me? And like, it immediately made me like uncomfortable and blush. And of then, like, I immediately was like, uh, no, no, it's okay. I'm like, I'll just take my money. It's fine. <laughs> so, like,
1: what the yeah, shit?
0: Getting paid is a real problem for me, apparently.
1: It's so wild. <laughs> it's so wild. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That yep. is so crazy. I and 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 also like yeah, I I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head like where I've like done a gig and then not been paid like after agreeing to be paid. Like I've done gigs for free before for sure or I've done gigs where it was like you know like hey, maybe if there's some money at the end like you'll make some and then we don't. But like right you know but i've never i don't i don't i honestly
0: you've never been offered sexual favors
1: <laughs> definitely not that one
0: <laughs> yeah it was wild uh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's so crazy
0: i was like Man. did they actually just say that yeah it's not a good position to put anyone in by the way like, how old were they um they were like middle aged but the thing i was like 19 So, like, I I would like, I had no idea, like, what to even say or, like, how to respond. I still probably wouldn't. Yeah. Even if somebody said that now, I would probably just, like, giggle and, like, slowly (laughs) walk away. Right. You know, I'm just. (laughs) That's
1: so crazy.
0: Yeah, I know. I wish that I was, like, more. Like, I wish I had, like, a snappy comeback or, like, something funny, but I didn't.
1: I had no idea
0: that they were going to say that, so no comeback was prepared.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's no no studying for that <laughs> no.
0: test.
1: Jesus Christ. No, not That's at so all. That's so fucked up. I know. That's so fucked up.
0: Crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. All right, your turn.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, well, this is uh, significantly less... Um, provocative. Uh but speaking of um
0: wait until my next
1: one. Uh oh boy. (laughs) Speaking of warp tour, um there's a couple like short ones I can kind of uh talk about um from from that 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 kind of jumped to mind. Again, there's so many of them, but uh so first of all I'll actually start off with like how we got it. So there's this um, Music conference called Driven Music Conference that would happen in Atlanta and Miami and I think one other city Uh, and it's it's basically just like this this um, weekend thing. It might have started on like a Thursday or some other like weekday um, and they would have these panels where they would have different people from different parts of the industry, whether it was like A and R or uh, producers and engineers, managers, whatever have you. and you know they would talk about a specific topic, and then you could do like q and A Q&A session. Um, and one of the panelists was Kevin Lyman, who was the founder of the Warp Tour. Um, and he, um, or sorry, we, uh, the band, did a showcase later um, that weekend, which was part of the the whole conference. Um, and he saw our performance, and uh, you know, there was actually a cool moment where he like interrupted our set two songs in It was a three song sets so super quick 15 minute showcase and he was like you know you you guys sound good but uh and i want to put you on my tour but um you have to play this last song like it's the last song you'll ever play basically we were kind of honing it in energy wise like we were just playing the song we weren't like really giving it our all and he he wanted to see that um so that kind of lit a fire under us you know we did the thing uh and afterwards he um he did end up giving us the offer, which was crazy and awesome, and you know ended up being one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But uh, okay. right after we found out that we had been offered that, I went out to my car um, to call. Uh, I think I was calling my mom or something, and. Um, I locked my keys in my car. <laughs> no. I was like on the phone. I was super excited. And I was like, yeah, we just got this thing. Like, fuck yeah. I'll tell you more about it later. Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, keys on the dashboard just like locked locked Whoa. the car doors. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how the tour started off. <laughs> um, you know, right. uh, it was like September of 2011 uh, when the offer. Did you have and, like
0: a slim gym or anything?
1: A slim gym? Is that what they call those tools that like open the, you know, uh, no, this is before I was that guy, (laughs) before I was the guy that would have all the tools and be super prepared for everything. Uh, I still don't have one of those, but, um, yeah, this is way before the Dustin, you (laughs) know, now, um, so, uh, I ended up like, actually it was, it was wild. Um, one of the other bands that. Uh, did the showcase had AAA, and they're like, Hey, we'll call AAA for you. We'll get somebody to come and unlock it. And I was like, All right, sweet. You know, so they did. And then, um, I think there was, it was, I, I might have my details mixed up, but I want to say that, uh, this is, by the way, this was happening at the old masquerade. So, you know, the, the three level, like yeah. we played in Purgatory, um, And, uh, anyway, so, you know, this, this guy in a truck is like driving by the building. And I, I, again, I think this is what happened. I think he was just this random dude that happened to be driving by turned and saw us like trying to get into the car. And he was like, this is my moment because he, he happened to be like a locksmith, like on the side as like a side hustle. What? So, yeah. So he, um, he pulls up and he's like, are you guys having some trouble?" And we're like, "Yeah, you know, I locked my keys in my car." And he's like, "Oh, I can I can get them out for you." And he did. And uh it was fucking crazy cuz like then then cuz the reason why I think it was this and not like a AAA guy is because A it was just some random like beat-up pickup truck that he pulled up in. It was not like a AAA like company car or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the, the guys that had called AAA for me had to call them back and say, actually, we don't need the AAA service anymore. So yeah, this just, it just happened to be that this random dude just like saved my ass. Uh, and and, you know, it wasn't like end of the world situation. It was just a locked my keys in the car, but still super crazy that, that, that he just happened to be passing by. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I hope
0: he added that to his, Portfolio,
1: know, right?
0: Of locksmithery. <laughs> yeah,
1: helped dumbass nineteen year old uh, get his car open. Um, now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's I crazy. Know, I know. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, that was kind of like <laughs> the initiation into Warped Tour. Um, so another crazy thing that happened beyond the the van um, uh, gas diesel situation, um, we our van broke down. Two days into the tour, and um, we were the first show was Salt Lake City, Utah, and so we had to drive from Atlanta to Salt Lake City, um, which we did like pretty much a nonstop drive, just like forty hours straight across the country. Um, but once we hit Nashville, so four hours into the drive, our van starts doing this weird stuttering thing, and we're having some issues, and oh, okay. yeah. So we're just like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Somehow we made it out to Salt Lake. And I think we just, we would like rest the van. Like basically, we would drive like several hours and then like rest for like 20 minutes and then drive and rest. Um, so
0: you're basically keeping it from overheating yeah
1: but even though I don't think Is that, that was I, I don't think it was actually overheating I think that was just our like it's like the best thing we could think of it's like well maybe it's just an right. old piece of shit and it needs to like go to bed for a little bit you know it needs a, <laughs> it nap. Needs a nap it's like I get it I'm, I'm now that's me now <laughs> like um, so uh, we I
0: guess it worked I mean, well
1: it got us all the way out to Salt Lake right. Yeah, and um, and it worked for Salt Lake and for um, Denver and then our next stop was Las Vegas, and that's when it, it broke down. Like, getting ready to head into the city, we were kind of cresting over a mountain and it just fucking died. And, like, uh, so we ended up having it towed. Um, and, and forgive me, listener, if I've sort of told part of this story before, I'll try to not get uh, too in the weeds here. But um, so we ended up. Um, taking it to mechanic and they told us like look this thing's pretty much fucked like it's gonna cost you more to repair it than it is to like buy a new one on a new model of this and like it might still die so we're like okay you know we'll figure something out so i think our manager if i'm not mistaken was the one who um who spoke to kevin um, Lyman and, uh, told him the situation and we were handpicked by him to be on the tour. So he really wanted us to be there. So he actually offered at first, um, his own personal credit card to rent us a van. Um, I know, which is crazy. And, uh, and we, we were like totally open to doing it, but, um, we realized we couldn't get it because he had to be 25. Um, Minimum at this is a thing at the time, like I mean, now you can be less than 25, but it just costs more. Like at the time, I think they just wouldn't rent to people under 25. Um, so we couldn't do that. So, um, last ditch effort, me and PK, um, put up these signs in the catering area of uh, the tour because you know, they they had they. Catered every day. You had um, this this company that would follow the tour and cook for everybody, three square meals. Probably mentioned this in the past before, but right. we were well taken care of uh, on the food end for sure. Um and uh, so we just posted these signs like, you know, we're we need a van, we're willing to ride share, willing to pay gas, willing to drive, just like we don't want to go home. Um, and these guys who were like probably Definitely illegally selling water bottles outside of the, um, the like tour, campground, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Like somehow got into catering and um, saw the signs, and they happened to need some help financially, getting you know keeping the thing going. So we traded off; we paid them money and. You know, did a little driving and stuff um, in exchange for us being able to ride with them, and that was a whole thing in and of itself because there was already like four of them, and they had like this big van, but it was just full of like water bottles they were selling, and then their suitcases and all this junk. So like half of us were literally just laying on a pile of suitcases and water bottles, like you know, on these like six-hour drives, and you know, these guys were just—they were total dumb shits because they were like smoking bowls while driving and like falling asleep at the wheel and like we almost died probably so many times with those dudes behind the wheel um but uh yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole thing yeah our our van kaput in the first couple of days right before the van broke down though i want to say this was when we were going into denver which was day two of the tour or leaving denver um heading for vegas but i will say I was asleep for this incident, but um, every, like a couple, like three other people in the van were awake and they all had the exact same story. Um, so, our guitar player, uh, two guitar players actually, our rhythm and our lead guitar player were awake and our manager was awake. And um, we were driving down this mountain, you know, Colorado mountain roads so it's a lot of twists and turns and steep inclines and stuff right um and they they're turning around the bend of one of these and um apparently there was an elk just like standing in the middle of the road like a big ass like honking male elk with these huge horns just like chilling and um The, the, apparently like the, the guy was driving our lead guitar player, you know, kind of thought in his head, like basically I have two choices. Like I can swerve to the left or no, I can swerve to the right. And like, there's the side of the mountain. So I like, we might fall off the side of the mountain or I can swerve to the left and like, you know, get close to the wall of the mountain and maybe avoid it, maybe crash. I don't know. So I guess he ended up going more towards the mountain, um, which is probably the good move there. Um, instead of the edge of the mountain, um, (laughs) <laughs> and yeah somehow we narrowly avoided it like apparently just by like inches we we missed hitting this elk and i mean that surely would have like Caused a severe wreck, if not like killed or or maimed a lot of us because it was, uh, you know, old shitty van. Especially if
0: you guys are just (laughs) laying on top of suitcases.
1: Oh, well, and this is, so this is before that. This was like a day, this was still in our original van, but we we were still like tightly packed sardines with all of our shit behind us. So there would have been stuff flying everywhere. I mean, it would have been a very bad, bad, bad situation. Somehow we uh, avoided that and survived and, um. And yeah, that shit was crazy though. Uh, Again, I was not awake for it. But when I was awake for, was when we were riding with those guys who were, um, you know, lending their (laughs) seats to us in the van, essentially um, renting, I should say, because we paid them. Um, There was a time where I specifically remember the driver falling asleep behind the wheel. It was me. the driver and one of the other guys in his group that were awake and he just starts kind of veering towards, um, not the median, but you know, the guardrails and you know how, like, um, when there's an exit, the guardrails kind of have this point. Um, so he was heading towards that and yeah. And it was like concrete, uh, reinforced too. So, you know, obviously again, a bad situation. Um, and thankfully the, the Guy in the front passenger seat, like, was awake and noticed this was happening and, like, shook the guy awake and was like, Whoa, what the fuck? And, you know, we swerved, like, slammed on his brakes, swerved across, like, two or three lanes, like, almost, you know, annihilated twice in a, in a span of, like, three weeks. Um, oh my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> so man. lucky.
1: And there's probably some yeah. other times I don't even know about because, I, again, I might have been asleep and I just didn't know they happened. But um, that's
0: crazy. Yeah. And
1: actually, speaking of, the warp tour and almost hitting animals now this wasn't us but this was a big like event that happened on the tour so at the very end the last two dates were um Seattle and uh Portland um Oregon and we were on the east coast so we had to drive all the way from i don't know like New York or maybe maybe Midwest maybe Ohio but either way we were driving all mm-hmm. the way from there to the far edge of the West Coast. Um, and apparently, I guess, like one of the production buses um, was, uh, you know, this is late night drive again, because they're all driving to kind of together in this big caravan. Um, sure. But it's all happening at night. And I, there's some big ass, like Clydesdale, that is in the middle of the road. And this bus um, fucking just plows through it. And thankfully, they had a very experienced driver because an inexperienced driver might have either slammed on the brakes or tried to swerve. But this guy, right. you know, it was like way too close. He was just one of those things where he was like, you know, I
0: you have to you just it. have to
1: hit it. You just have to fucking you know cross your fingers, hope it doesn't come through the windshield. Uh, I mean, it demolished the front of the bus, but somehow the bus driver was fine. Everybody else in the in the bus was fine. It didn't crash or flip, but. Well, it crashed, technically, but it didn't flip over or anything like that.
0: No, yeah, Um, I know what you mean.
1: But uh, the impact was so intense that um, there was, like, viscera and blood, like, in the um, undercarriage compartments of the bus that had soaked everybody's suitcases and stuff because it was so, like violent
0: that's so heavy metal i know (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it's it would have been better or made more sense if it was one of the heavy metal bands but it was just a production bus like just like a bunch of people trying to do their job fucking you know can you
0: imagine if you were like a metal band and you get your shit out and it's like covered in blood you're like yeah man (laughs) we're here for warp tour baby (laughs)
1: god dude i mean yeah super super crazy um So, yeah, anyway, those are are just a few that kind of jumped to my mind as far as, like, Warped Tour. And, uh, yeah, I mean, lots of of close calls for sure.
0: Um, Okay, so to finish, this is maybe the craziest thing that's happened to me in general, (laughs) not just that. And it technically – well, it was technically at a show, yeah. Um, So this was one time I was playing – With my friend, Melissa Crispo, who is a very good friend of mine, Um, originally from Florida. She's a singer-songwriter. And at this point, she was living in Florida. And we got a date out in Los Angeles at this place called The Mint, Mm -hmm. which is honestly one of the coolest venues I've ever played at. It Mm. was like an old jazz venue that they had kind of redone into kind of just a whatever venue, a general purpose venue. So anyway, we had this show. show went fine. Uh, it was great. Um, and then there was a band after us, and this dude had, like, it wasn't a, a real B3, but it was, like, kind of the wooden look, Leslie kind of organ. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. He was, like, murdering the keys. He was so good. Oh, wow. And so I, like, I was, like, I want to get that guy's, like, card because... Who knows? Like that guy's amazing. Like I could hire him for something or whatever. So anyway, I go up to get this guy's card and, you know, talking to him, we really hit it off. And, you know, he was asking, was this the first time I'd ever played in Los Angeles? And I was like, yeah, you know, this, this is my first time here. And I really wanted to go to the Sunset Strip, but all of our party that we were with, like all of Melissa and the band, they were all like super sick. Like, um, physics oh, okay, like
1: a cold or flu. So,
0: interesting, this was, like, January of 2020, so it oh, may have shit. been COVID, <gasps> but we didn't know, yeah. but, like, everybody was sick, and everybody was like, well, I don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, I really wanted to go, and I was like, please do not make me go with this strange man that I just met by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like. You know, can somebody go with me? And so we, everybody was laughing about it. And they weren't really feeling that bad. So they were like, yeah, we'll go. so <laughs> okay. anyway, we, so, so we go to the Sunset Strip. Well, I convinced them. I was like, how many times are we going to play out here, you yeah. know, in the next few months? Like, let's go have fun and, you know, do something. So anyway, we get to the Sunset Strip. It's already late because we had already played our show. And so the only thing really open was like the rainbow and like the whiskey, a go go. Mm. And the whiskey was already closed, so we were stuck with the rainbow. Mm. Which the rainbow's like the grimy armpit of the sunset (laughs) strip. It's like pretty rough. It's like dive super dive bar, right? And I didn't know that, but I mean I knew like Lemmy, you know, always hung out there. Oh, okay. Cool. That's about that's that's about all I knew. (laughs) So that was the extent of my knowledge. So Anyway, I was so excited. I was having so much fun. I was with all these friends and anyway, I I had been saying all night. I was like, I swear, I'm going to see Brad Pitt. Like I'm going to see Brad Pitt. He's so cute. I cannot wait to see Brad Pitt. <laughs> and so uh I'm like on the prowl for like some celebrity that I can see. <laughs> so <clears throat> at the uh at the Rainbow downstairs, they're doing like a a show. Um it's it's kind of like an open mic, but not really. It was like a it was more like a live jam, okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um open, open and so jam. So anyway, yeah, open jam. And so we walk in and we're listening, and you know, it's pretty bad, but whatever. Um, and so we're like, you know, just hanging out and laughing. And I look over and I see this person that I know, like a celebrity. I was like, oh my gosh, that is Somebody, and I couldn't remember who it was. Anyway, to fast forward a little mm-hmm. bit, I, a few minutes later, was like, oh my gosh, that's Ron Jeremy.
1: <laughs> like,
0: the porn star. Oh, and, and the whole party I was with, they were like, I don't know who that is. I think Melissa knew, uh-huh. and like, the bass player, um Rev. Who, mm-hmm. Uh, But, you know, Jasper and all the other people we were with, they were like, I have no idea who that is. Wow. So anyway... <laughs> Ron Jeremy gets called up on stage. He pulls out a harmonica. Oh, boy. And starts playing, like, when yep. the saints go marching in. <laughs> it's, it's, like, literally awful. I have a video of it. And this was before he went to jail or whatever. Oh, so, man. Like, but I will say, like, he looked so gross and whatever. So, um, anyway, I went up and I played a song for the open jam. And then we went and we were hanging out. So anyway, Ron Jeremy like starts slowly walking over to us. And I start like hitting whoever was in the right. I'm like, "Look, look, look." And he, anyway, he comes over and he just gives me like a full-on hug and it's so gross oh, because no. he's he's so gross and um anyway, <laughs> I don't know how much of this I should say. You should
1: absolutely just go should for it. I just it? say all yeah. of it.
0: Okay. So anyway, he was like have you ever? This is, I literally swear to God, he didn't even say hello. He was like, Have you seen the movie The Big Kahuna? I was like, No. He's like, Well, in the movie, my cock is the big kahuna. Are you interested? <laughs> oh, and like what? pointed to his dick. I was like, um, No thanks. Oh my and God. And then he just walked away. I was like, What just happened to me? And. <laughs> Again, I was so embarrassed. I was, like, blushing oh so bad. I was, like, what just happened? And then, like, a few weeks later, he was, like, arrested for, like, all kinds of crazy things. Oh, shit. yeah.
1: What was he arrested for, actually? I forget.
0: I think it was, like, rape. Wait, what? Which is terrible, yeah. Oh, shit. I thought it, it was, was, public it was like, public indecency or crazy. something. like. It may have been a, several things. Whoa. But, no, I think he was, like, so... Anyway, it was like the craziest thing maybe that's ever happened to me. That was my big Los Angeles celeb story. Oh my god. It's like this is not what I expected. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's But anyway, it was super funny. That's
1: fucking wild. So
0: yeah, that was my first ever show in Los Angeles. Good
1: old LA, yeah. Careful if you go out to LA, folks. You never know who you might run into. (laughs) Man. Right. That's so funny. Crazy. Um didn't you? Uh, cause I know you've like told me that story before, but it's been a while, so I forgot a lot of the details, but there's something I want to say about, um, didn't you say he was like dressed in like. A ratty like shirt with holes and like sweatpants or yeah. something.
0: Yeah, I skipped over a lot of the details. Yeah, he was wearing orange Crocs.
1: Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Super yeah. dirty,
0: and he had on uh camo sweatpants.
1: Camo sweatpants. That's what that it was. That were like super nasty, yeah.
0: and a black t shirt with like white stains all oh, over. Oh gross! It. I'll leave that up to your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But that's what made the full frontal hug a little bit grosser. <sighs>
1: <laughs> rough that's so rough I was
0: like no I know it was it, yeah one of the worst things
1: <laughs> ever but yet best thing. yeah right right
0: <laughs> like it made for a super funny story but I'm so glad that I was I didn't go alone I
1: know right yeah imagine
0: if I had been there alone and that had happened Seriously. that would have been a totally different situation yeah but also like it ended up like the Oregon guy the guy that like invited me to go to Sunset Strip mm-hmm. He ended up being like super infatuated with Ron Jeremy and was <gasps> what? like it was like a lot. He was like a lot and I was like, Ooh, this guy's weird. Never mind. Whoa. So yeah, that
1: is pretty weird.
0: <laughs> Isn't that I was like, Who is like this excited for a porn star? Especially him,
1: <laughs> of all porn right? stars.
0: Yeah, I know. Wow. So crazy shit. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode of our wildest show stories, don't forget to leave us a review and connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. Each episode is also available in video format on YouTube. And don't forget,
1: have fun. Don't do too much. And as you've so clearly heard, it's going to happen.
0: Oh, yeah, it is.